0: And peace for our soul. We're going to talk about that today. Proverbs 13, verse 13 says, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. There's great destruction that comes when we ignore or when we fail to embrace the word of God. That's why we're a church based on the word of God. And the proverb continues He that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. We read the next two verses last week, so I'm going to dive right in. Let's pray, and uh, then we'll dive in. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how it is a fountain of life. I pray that this would be a life-giving time. God, I pray that this would be a time where we would be able to renew our strength and that you would empower us to live the lives you've called us to live. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I was working a uh, full-time job in during the day. I was working for a college, and uh, I was dating Danielle at the time. We were serious. We were about to be married. I was saving up for a rock, and, uh, I, man, I was doing everything I could. I was working for a carpet cleaning company on the weekends, and, and I was working at Sam's Club here in Palmdale, uh, I was working during the night. I was working the night shift. And uh, man, I, I was doing everything I could. I was, I was trying to work hard. I was trying to, trying to save up, trying to uh, go to school, trying to do everything I could, uh, trying to balance all those rocks, and I wasn't doing a great job at it. In fact, I was getting so tired that Danielle was like, man, when I'm with you, like you're here, but you're not here. Like, 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 how, how many of you have ever seen the lights are on but no one's home, right? That's that's how I was. I was a zombie, and it all kind of came down to this culmination of events where I got off work. It was like seven a.m., and I left the parking lot there at at you know the 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 Walmart slash uh, Sam's Club, and I turned right on uh tenth west. And I started driving down 10th West, and the only thing I remember is turning right. The next thing I remember is waking up, driving 55 miles an hour through the desert. Now, I don't know if you've ever driven that fast through the bumpy desert, but it is like riding a bull. I mean, I'm just going up and down and back and forth, and there's dust everywhere. And I'm blowing up these weeds and, and tumbleweeds and, and I'm heading straight for a Joshua tree. And I slam on the brakes and I, and I, and I turn. the dust clears and there's a whole little crowd, you know, gathered at 10th West. They stopped. One person got out of the car, you know, they're just like, what's about to happen? You know, I did the, I did the, you know, the little drive, you know, the embarrassing drive, you know, kind of wave like, Hey, I meant to do that. You know, i was just testing out these brakes, you know, making sure this car works still. It was so embarrassing. I pull back on, you know, and I, my heart's racing. You know, when, when there's a near crash, right, your heart's just, adrenaline's pumping. You know, I'm driving back and I'm shaking. I'm like, man, what would have happened if I would have just hit that Joshua tree? You know they don't move. And And what happened was it kind of shook me up. More than just physically, really shook me up to say, I think I have hit my limit. I think I've pushed myself so far beyond the the limit of what is healthy that now I'm just living off of fumes, adrenaline. And when you get to that point of weariness to where it is so unhealthy, sometimes you'll make decisions It's not good to drive drunk, but it's certainly not good to drive asleep. And I will tell you that it's really dangerous, just as it's dangerous to drive when you've had very little sleep, it is extremely dangerous to make decisions in your Christian life without the proper rest and renewal and strength that it takes. You know, a lot of people quit in life. A lot of people do some really dumb things. I've done some really dumb things just because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, I was done, and I don't know if you're here and you're like, man, I'm tired of 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 this, or I'm tired of these people treating me this way, or I'm just tired of of of, of this thing or that thing, man, I'm just tired. It's not a sin to be tired. And last week we said that Jesus was tired, Jesus was wearied, Jesus was someone who was, you know, sitting at a well, and he was he was really beaten down physically. So it's not a sin to be tired. It's just a sin not to address the tiredness. And so Prudence says, "I'm going to address this the way that God wants me to address this." Now I want you to see in your notes. If you want to take out those notes, we're gonna—that's my ticket to go fast and slow. Okay. So sometimes we'll slow down based on what the Bible's saying. We're gonna go verse by verse, and we've gone kind of working from verse sixteen up to verse number thirteen. But I want you to see what the Bible says. Here, because there are four different principles for having empowered strength during the midst of weariness. First of all, we said that prudence. Uh, is what produces balance. It's what balances out our schedule, that every prudent man deals with knowledge. God gives us the knowledge uh, to know how to balance our priorities, not to be so spread thin. But the fool layeth open his folly, meaning he's stretched so thin, that, and he wants everyone to see how strong he is, instead of saying, hey, I have my limits. I wanted to be able to say, I didn't want to quit my job at night, even though I knew I was doing a terrible job. I was so tired. One time they found me. I was so embarrassed. I wanted to work so hard. I was cleaning. I had seasonal, and I was cleaning this tabletop in this seasonal, you know, they have these these tables, and they set them up, and you know, you walk by, and you're like, yeah, I I didn't know I needed that, but I guess I do, so I'll spend the money on credit, and so, uh, you know, you walk through the seasonal. You want these displays. You know what you don't you know, need, but you buy. And so uh, I was, I was sitting there and I was cleaning and I fell asleep mid-clean. And I woke up halfway through my shift to my boss saying, hey, 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 what was that? And he was, I was obviously cleaning (laughs) when I fell asleep, which was my saving grace. But, but the bottom line is I didn't want to admit that I had weakness, And a lot of times we push ourselves to the point of exhaustion because we don't want to balance out and say, yeah, you know what, I've hit my limit. And so we said prudence produces balance. Last week we said that balance then brings rest. Good understanding gives favor. But the way of the transgressor is hard. The word hard literally means never ending. (laughs) Have you ever been a part of something and you're like, when is this ever going to end? Some of you are like, yeah, it's right now. Okay, hold up, hold up, time out, okay? It's not, this is, we, we got to end, we got a baptism after this. We got some things we got to go. I understand them. I'm, I'm watching the time. They give me a clock in the back, right? But, but, but have you ever been a part of something and you're just like, this is like the never-ending conversation, or this is like the never-ending, you know, nightmare, whatever it is. And, and when something doesn't have an end, it's not healthy. God created for six days, and then he brought an end to it. And if you read Genesis 1 and 2, you'll see that there's a natural cadence in in our universe. And God has built that in this. And it's to work and to end your work and then to review your work and then to say, oh, here's how I can do it better. True rest is not just sitting stagnant or just relaxation or sleep. All of those things are true. But true rest is reflection. True rest is replenishing. True rest is renewal. True rest is understanding that there's more to life than just physical recoupment, but spiritual as well. And so the way of the transgressor is hard. Now last week I said we were going to study the ver- the, wor- the word transgressors. The word transgressors is a very interesting word, and it's used a lot in the Old Testament, uh, but it literally means to act treacherously, um, to-, to be deceitful about a boundary, to say, yeah, I can kind of push that boundary a little bit back, to to betray a guideline that's put there on purpose, um, to be unfaithful to what is best or true. Uh, but this Hebrew word, uh, begad, it literally means to be dangerously close to an edge or a limit. Now I want to tell you something, and I, you know, it, it's 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 always tough. It's it's easy for me when I can get up here and, you know, talk about something that is is not difficult for me to talk about. But I I just have to be super transparent with you that all of us struggle with something, and as a pastor, I'm not perfect. Jesus is. I'm pointing you to Jesus, but as a pastor, this thing about rest and renewal and strength, this is what I struggle with. So why do you struggle with it? Because I feel guilty when I'm resting. I've always struggled. I don't know, you'll know, call me a workaholic or whatever. I, I, I'm a very driven person. I, I, I just, I feel bad. I feel bad to take the rest that God has commanded me to take. So this is not something I'm up here like preaching at you. I'm I'm, I'm here with you going to the word of God. How many know here at New Life, we grow together, right? And so this is something that I am just being really open and transparent with you about. Even the people that I've just met or some of you I don't even know. Uh, so we have hundreds of people that, that join us on the radio and online. Listen, we're so thankful. Um, and I'm just, I'm just letting you know that this is something that I am working on. This is something that God has really raked me over the coals this week when I've been studying this. Why? Because I will push a boundary to do something that I think is good. It's good to do this. But it's not never right to do something that's good and to rob a principle or a boundary or push the edge of your limit to the point that God is, is the one that's calling you to do something, but he's calling you to do it within the confines of his boundaries. And so... What ends up happening is if you live life based on one excitement, one point of adrenaline to the next, you're constantly pushing the edge to the point that you might fall off. And there might be a point where you push that edge, that boundary of, of, of lack of rest or that boundary of lack of balance or that boundary, whatever the boundary is. And by the way, Holy Spirit's going to tell you where that boundary is that you're crossing, okay? So I don't have to do that. The Holy Spirit can. But when you start to push that edge... And 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 you're you're not respecting the boundaries that God's put in place. There are natural consequences that do not discriminate. They are true for everyone. In fact, in our text, when it says in verse number 14, it says that listen, you transgress against this, you're destroyed. There's destruction in relationships when boundaries are crossed. There is there is snares, there's traps, which we'll talk about in the next verse. Uh there, there are terrible things that take place in relationships when we don't respect the limits that God has put there and one of the limits that God has said is hey listen you need some time in your relationship with God and others and even with yourself to rest to pause to stop but what our culture does is says hey full throttle I can do it I'm strong look at me I got this I'm a big boy I can I can I can push the limit and what ends up happening is we get addicted to adrenaline and by the way there's a whole subculture right now of young people and they're addicted to adrenaline now I'm not going to tell you who or or when or whatever I mean I don't want to glorify foolishness but I will tell you that that constantly we're there are these videos coming out, like the one I'm about to show you, and it's people pushing the boundaries to get another high of adrenaline. Look at this, and I'm not gonna show you everything, but here's a guy, these fences were there on purpose, and he's just deciding to push his limit all the way to the top. This is in Tel Aviv, Israel. I mean, hundreds of stories, and he's just up there doing backflips and handstands and risking his life just for another high. Now, now listen, I'm, I'm not against Red Bull or GoPro or all these people who are, who are sponsoring these young people, but I will tell you that God never meant for us on our schedules and our relationships to live life on the edge. He always meant for us to take a moment to step back, to review and say, what are the guidelines that God's put in place and why does he put in there? For instance, in Galatians 6, 7, we read Galatians 6, 9 last week, but in Galatians 6, 7, it says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Listen, if you sow, if you never sow any seeds of rest, you'll never reap the harvest of strength. If you never sow the seeds of balance in a relationship, if you never sow the seeds of of, pouring back into what you've withdrawn in a relationship, then then you're going to have issues. And that's why he says in verse 9, be not weary in well-doing. Why? Because you can get really tired and worn out in a relationship when you're not sowing the to the seeds that God has told you to sow. And you can reap in a in, in due season when you sow the seeds that God tells you to see. So what's the first seed we need to sow? We need to sow the seed of rest. So number three, I want you to see uh, or, or number one in your notes for, for, for week two of this, of this two part is rest renews strength. Rest renews strength. And so he says the law of the wise is a fountain of life. Now, uh, we'll get into the fountain of life, but the word law here is the word Torah. It's it's the Hebrew word that use, they use for the Old Testament. But if you break this word down, the word picture, and by the way, every Hebrew word has a word picture. The word picture is uh, tor, which is livestock, and ra, which is the guiding motive. So... A lot of people say, and I used to think when I was a teenager and young adult, you know, well, God's putting these things in my life because he wants to limit my fun. I mean, come on, Uh, what's, what's the fun in not pushing the boundary? Now, listen, I'm a boundary pusher. I already said that. So don't make me confess my sins more than once. But I will tell you something about boundaries. God doesn't put boundaries in our life to punish us. He puts boundaries in our life because he loves us. And so the guidelines that he's putting in our lives are not to rob us from our fun, but to give us a sustainable pace and the renewal that we need to live our life the way he intended it. The fountain of life only comes within the design, within the boundaries that he places. Now, let me put a word picture to this. So if it's a guiding livestock or guiding a flock or a herd, I want to show you some footage right now. You guys can go ahead and start playing it. And this is a, a sped up uh, picture of a, a shepherd leading flocks to into pastures. And so here you have the, the sheep going from one pasture that's depleted into another pasture that has the sustenance that they need to be refreshed, to be strengthened. So it's interesting that they cannot get what they need by just standing still. A lot of us think that rest is just standing still. It's just sleeping. It's not. It's replenishing. It's, it, it's pouring back into what we have taken out. And so the shepherd knows, even if I have to cross a town, even if I have to cross uh, a, a, a highway, I will do whatever I can to get my flock to the place that they need. And this is what uh, the, the, the psalmist said in Psalm 23.1. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then it says, he maketh me to to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes God will make us rest if we don't choose to rest. And sometimes God will make us uh, to follow the guidelines because He loves us enough to not to watch us uh, self destruct. And we self destruct when we're not connected to the fountain of life. Now, what does that mean, the fountain of life? The fountain of life is a compound word. It means um, it's, it's makor um, kare, uh, and it's where we get the word kare, um, or which is kaya or kai, which is new life. Kaya is new life. Kai uh, is life. Um, and, and so you have this fountain, makor, um, which, is, which is fountain, and then kai, which is life. But it, it means to be renewed it means a source of refreshment, but it means increased time. Meaning that God can give you time that you didn't think you had if you will trust him with the time that you have, putting the priorities in while you do have the time. So meaning, if, if I'll say, God, these are my priorities, I'm going to put them in first. These are the big rocks in the jar. I'm going to put these big rocks in the jar. I'm going to put time with my family. I'm going to put time with you. I'm going to put these priorities in the jar. And I'm going to let you take all of the little things, the little grains of sand, all of the little pebbles, and I'm going to let them fit. But how many of you know the big rocks won't fit if all the pebbles go in first? And so God, I'm going to put the big rocks in the jar, and then I'm going to let you do with the rest what only you can do. Now, here's the principle in Proverbs chapter three, in verse number one. It tells us, and, and this is a father speaking to his son. He says, "He says this law, this this Torah, this guidance that I'm giving you. Don't let it keep it in your heart. Don't let it don't let it just leave. Keep this. Why? Why do we keep it? Because length of days, long life, peace shall it add to thee. Now, how many of you want long life and peace? I do. Okay." And he says, that's not possible outside of God's plan. So what's the difference between long life and length of days? Long life is prolonged years. That's the abundance of years. Length of days is abundance of life within the years. Meaning, length of days is how much you can get done in a day. But long life is how many days you end up living. And so God says, listen, I can, I can prolong your days but I can also put more life within your days. Meaning you can get more done by using my plan of rest than you could by robbing your rest. Isn't that interesting? So that's why God gives us the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is that there's one day a week that we choose to focus on him. There's one day a week that we set aside to to focus on him, to focus on renewal, to rest, to to, to not to work. I said, if you're working seven days a week, it's gonna catch up with you, caught up with me. So our rest is commanded by God in Scripture. And the only commandment of all the Ten Commandments that he says to remember is, is to remember to rest. Remember to keep the Sabbath. Remember to, to, to not buy into the trap that you can live your life your way. God says there's a snare. In verse number uh, 14, it says there's a snare that comes to those that aren't living according to his guidelines, his law. The word snare means uh, to have a kind of a bait and switch, to have a hidden uh, hook or barb. Um, it literally is talking about something that's deceptive, that looks good, that seems good, that seems right, but then when you actually imbibe it, you, 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 you take it, you, you chew it, you, you consume it, then there's something there that, that hooks you. And we are addicted to busyness. I know that's hard to hear, but we are addicted to activity and we are lacking in renewal. And so there's a trap of instant gratification and it robs us of life. It robs us of health and it robs us of the ability to sow into our relationship or sow into an endeavor because we're always chasing what is going to make us happy now instead of allowing God to give us the fulfillment later because we're following his plan. Do you guys get that? And so there's always these things, these distractions. Um, many times it's social media. Social media is not bad. Many of you found us on social media. We have social media. I'm, I'm thankful for that tool. tool. Um, many times it's technology keeping us up at night. Uh, sometimes it's just when we're supposed to be resting, meaning renewing, we're just consuming. We're consuming, consuming, consuming. And so our brain never has a point to shut off. Did you know your brain needs time to breathe? your brain needs time to renew. And you say, well, yeah, that's why I sleep. No, you need time while you're awake to renew. You need time to reflect, to think about it, to sit in silence. You know, uh, some of our young adults, we, we, I'm not picking on them, I just, I, I, I thought it was funny. We, we did this um, thing, it was like two years ago, and, and we did seven minutes of silence. And I thought, well, we can all do seven minutes of silence. You would have thought, I asked our church to stand on their head and rub their belly for 10 minutes a day. I mean, they were looking at me like, seven minutes? That's so awkward, man. Like, like seven? I mean, I could get like seven, you know, seven seconds, but seven minutes of nothing? That's such a waste of time. But you know when you push past that first awkwardness, you know what you start hearing? You start hearing the voice of God. You start thinking about who you are and what you're lacking. You start connecting the dots. And I will tell you that there's some, there's some things that you face in silence that will never be there as, as long as you're afraid and distracted. Now, I know that's not popular. And, 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 and listen, first service sent me even more eye daggers than you guys are sending my way. Okay, so listen, I'm, I'm for you. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. Listen, I need this just as much as you do. I'm saying there are some good things. I'm not saying technology is bad. I'm saying it can rob you of your rest. It can rob you of the renewal that God made you to need. And so all I'm trying to do is help you. And let me just pass you for a moment through a story. I was, I think I was in ninth grade. When we took our first trip to Mexico, and my family had never been to Mexico. I'd never been to Mexico. We went to Rocky Point, Mexico. Man, we were pumped. Bunch of family, bunch of extended family. We were going down there. I was excited, man. This was going to be an awesome vacation. You know I was excited? Because I knew they had some real fireworks down there. We were going to set them off. It was going to be awesome, right? A teenager, I I was looking forward to that. Man, we were looking forward to the Mexican food. We were just looking forward to the whole thing, right? Swimming. We get down there, and they tell us, hey, don't drink the water no problem, won't drink the water, just drink Coke or whatever, you know? And so we got down there, and we started, and some of my relatives, some of my cousins, they didn't drink the water, but they put ice in, in their drinks and they got really sick. Now locals, they don't get sick, their body's used to it, but our body wasn't used to that water. There was something in the water that that, that made them sick. They spent the entire vacation in the restroom while we were on the beach. Now Now listen. the people who, was say, who were saying, "Don't drink the water," were they being unkind? No. They were actually trying to get them to have a moment of rest, to have a moment to be able to enjoy God's creation, to be able to enjoy family, but they were so depleted. You would have, I mean, when we were, when we were traveling back, I mean, they looked like zombies. They had just been for two weeks just, oh, so sick. Why? Because they transgressed. I mean, they, they, they didn't drink the water, but they didn't think about the fact that ice is water. And the, the point is, sometimes little things get into our lives, and we just we, we don't listen to God's commands because we're listening to everything else, and it's a trap. And this trap is something we all can fall into. By the way, Jesus was sitting by this well. He's tired. He's drinking uh, water, physical water, and then he's trying to use this as an illustration for the, for the woman at the well who was spiritually exhausted. She was spiritually exhausted. She was emotionally exhausted. More importantly, she was relationally exhausted. She was on her fifth husband. Jesus doesn't judge her for that. But he says, listen, there's a water that I'm going to give you that's going to leave you fulfilled. Everything else you're going to try to find, it's an empty well. In fact, the the word he uses is it's a contaminated well, meaning when you drink it, it's going to make you more thirsty than you were before. Everything the world offers that's supposed to give you rest right? It, it, it's a trap. It's, it's, it's not what really fills you up. In fact, there is no true, real rest. I know this sounds like just a preacher saying that you can't have rest without Jesus, but it's true. Jesus is the source of spiritual satisfaction and fulfillment, and, it's the, and, and there's a God-sized hole in every single person's heart that only Jesus can fill, And so if we're trying to fill that with possessions or experiences or feelings or anything else, we're always going to come up empty. We're always going to feel depleted. And so Jesus says, hey, I'm going to give you this water. And she's like, well, wait a second. I don't want to have to come to this well again. He's like, I'm not talking about that kind of water. In fact, he says, in order to prove to you that you've been seeking the wrong wells, why don't you go get your husband? She's like, oh, snap. I'm on husband number five, and he's not even technically my husband. He knows that I've been seeking some wells that have run dry. Now listen, I'm not against anyone on husband number five. But that's not a well that will fill you up. You can jump from person to person, but it's not going to fill you up. And Jesus said, hey, listen, I can fill you like no one else. Augustine said this, God, uh, you have made us um, for yourself, and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. You see, here's a key thought. Our culture, specifically Los Angeles County, um, we wear it as a badge of honor to be busy and tired. How you doing? I'm busy. I got stuff to do. I got a full schedule. Really? How many of you have ever heard, how you doing? I'm rested. (laughs) Good for you. Right? It's like, it's like, it would be like self-righteous for us to walk around. Yeah, I'm rested. (laughs) Well, good for you. Hopefully I get rest sometime, you know, like... (laughs) We we wear it as a badge of honor to be tired and busy, but in Scripture, to be diligent and rested is the badge of honor. Listen, God never meant for us to be going from thing to thing to thing without getting rest. Listen, rest without work is laziness. We've already talked about that in this. But we're not talking to a lazy group. Listen, I'm talking to a group of hardworking people I'm talking about people who work hard at their jobs and their relationships and you're here today. You are a hard-working group of people and I want you to know that you, like me, have to sit down and say, okay, what does God want me to do? He wants me to work while I'm working but rest when it's time to stop. Now, what does this mean? Here's an action item. Listen, every single night, and this is hard for me, I have to to put a list next to my bed and write down everything because my mind doesn't shut off. But every night, You need to bring your burdens to the Lord and however you want to do that. Prayer, write them down. As you're writing them down, give them to the Lord. That's how I do it. But give your burdens to the Lord and go to sleep. Listen, don't look at your phone for so long that it's like three in the morning. You're like, oh, I suppose I ought to go to bed. No, listen, Get some sleep. Shut it off. Don't go to sleep with all these things in your head. No, it's osmosis. I'll get some. No, just sleep. Let your brain rest. And in the morning, give God your plans and get to work. Let God know, listen, whatever happens with this plan, I trust you. It's funny. We say we want to trust God, but then we don't rest in his plan. Part of Rest is resting in his plan. That's why David said, rest in the Lord, wait patiently on him. And so Spurgeon said, resting time's not wasted time. We can do more sometimes by doing less, he said. How? Well, just like an ax, when you use an ax over and over and over again, it becomes dull. You might be feeling tired and dull, but that's okay because tiredness is not a sin. If you feel a little dull, it just means you need to sharpen the axe. And the edge gets this sharpness by a file moving back and forth, taking off what has been dulled. Listen, rest isn't just inaction. It is sharpening the saw. It is preparing in prudence for a time of weariness and exhaustion. So number four, we see that rest brings strength, but strength empowers weakness. Now notice, It's not just just strength takes away weakness. That's what we want. (laughs) That's what I want. Just take away my weakness. No, no, no. Strength is built over time. And so in prudence, we build strength. And we build strength by obedience to the word of God. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the word shall be rewarded. So here's, here's the word picture, cabal, is the, is the Hebrew word for destroy. That means uh, to, to be broken because of a terrible uh, contract, to, to be caught in a, in a horrible agreement. So there's a horrible agreement, uh, there's a horrible trap, there's a horrible deal. It's a really bad deal to expend all of your energy and not leave any energy to renew. Okay? But he that feareth, that's the word for having a healthy reverence or appreciation, a respect of terrible outcomes. To have a, have a respect of what's going to happen. You say, Well, I don't know how to change. I don't know, I want to change this, but I don't know how. Well, spend some time thinking about how is how is your life going to look in three to five years or 10 years if you keep living the way that you are now? Is it sustainable? Probably not. And so let's walk back and say, hey, how can I develop strength? Because Proverbs 24:10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So the test for strength is a day of adversity, a day of weariness. And so the reward in our relationships, in our Christian life, the reward is given, is compensated, is plundered, is received when we balance our lives the way that God intended us to be balanced. So a life of imbalance is really just living a lie, but a life living the truth will have the blessings of the balance between work and rest. Prudence is having God's perspective in order to say, hey, there's going to be a moment of exhaustion. There's going to be some times of of pushing forward, and so I need to gain the strength. And so many of us pray that God would remove the burden while also praying that we wouldn't get tired. And God's like, hey, you can pray for me to make your burden lighter, or you can pray that I'll make you stronger to carry the burden, but you can't pray for both. Why? Because we get stronger through the burden. When we carry those heavy burdens, okay, they create strength. Now listen, many, many people have said this statement. And if you've said this statement before, that's all right. I'm I'm going to clear it up. God will never give you more than you can handle. And I understand what that statement's trying to say is that God is just, and he is. But every single day of our lives, God gives us more than we can handle. Why? Because God wants us to know that we can't handle anything without him. And so he will constantly be reminding us that there are some things that we can't handle that only he can. So listen, only the burdens that God has called me to carry are the burdens that he has not himself, like we talked about last week, already said that he was going to carry. And so prudence says... Listen, I'm gonna be empowered to keep going. But our pride says, man, I'm wore out. And and our 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 fatigue says, I just don't want to even try. And so here is an action item. Instead of complaining about our burdens, instead of complaining about our pressure, we're always gonna have pressure. And 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 it just gets more and more each year. That's not a problem. Our strength c- continues to grow as well. But instead of complaining about those burdens, begin thanking God for the strength that is about, he's about to give you to take the next step. God doesn't have to promise you all the strength you need for your entire life will be given to you right now. He just promised that where your strength ends, his strength begins. Let's say that together. Where your strength ends, his strength begins. Listen, if you're coming to the end of yourself, that's actually an important place to be. It does, it's not a comfortable place to be, but it's an important place because now you realize that as 2 Corinthians 12 says, His grace is sufficient for you, that his strength is made perfect in weakness. See, God can be your strength and power, as David said in, in, in 2 Samuel uh 22, 23, uh or but we have to allow him to undergird us, to to come under us and give us that strength. Now, I've used this illustration for something else, but there's a, a group of mountain goats called Ibex, and they have very unique hooves to be able to climb almost vertical ledges. And I want you to see this. Here are these mountain goats, little baby Mountain goats. And they're climbing up the side of this dam in order to get some nutrients at the very top. They cannot have strength to develop their, their, their feet, hooves. It's kind of hard for me to say. Hooves. How is that? Hooves. How do you say it? Anyway, they're climbing up to the top. They're risking falling down. And they have these very little ledges that they can stand on. But they're whisking that in order to get the renewal. So they're they're expending energy in order to just lick a little bit of that salt, a little bit of the nutrients off the side of that that's been deposited over time. And I will tell you, it doesn't take a lot to renew you. But God says that those who trust him, that they that wait upon the Lord, that he will renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I'm telling you, there might be someone here that's about to give up. And I want to tell you that God has the strength for you today. That he can give you the strength to continue. He can give you the strength not just to continue but to soar. And you say, well I don't have the strength to flap my wings. Here's the word picture I want to leave with you today. It might just be that he's coming under you with greater strength. It might be that he's just the one that says, hey, when you start to get tired I'm going to come under you and I'm going to give you the strength. Listen, that little bird's still flying but how do you know he's getting a little help. He's getting a little strength. And strength is not removing the pressure removing the wind. It is giving you the strength to continue. And maybe you're here and you're about to give up. I want to tell you that God will give you the strength every single time to take the next step. That God cares enough to give the strength to the weary. And maybe you're broken hearted because of something that's happened. Or maybe you're just you're just at that point of total exhaustion. I want to tell you that God cares. He's close to the broken hearted. And he promises to empower your weakness. He doesn't promise to pull it away, but he promises to empower it. And if you'll trust in him and know that weariness, and this is the takeaway, weariness is the reality of living in a broken world. It is the reality of living in a broken world. We will be tired. We will be disappointed. There is a marred, crazy creation that God created as perfect, but man marred. He messed it up. We mess it up. But God gives us his word. And he gives us prudence to say, hey, listen, we messed it up. But God gives us the strength to make it up. That God gives us the prudence to plan times to renew strength. And to be empowered in spite of exhaustion. Now listen, if you're here and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus said this, he said this in Matthew 11, verse 28. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, hey, listen, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. Listen, you will never be at rest until you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This isn't a religious thing, Man. You don't need religion to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what you need? You need the humility to say, God, I'm going to receive your gift. I'm not going to try to do good to outweigh my bad. I'm going to do what you said to do, and that was invite you in. He said, come unto me. Listen, there might be someone online on the radio or maybe even in this room, and God is telling you, hey, come unto me. Come unto me. Have a relationship with me. And he never goes where he's, where he's not invited. And so, friend, if you want to invite him into your life today, that is the greatest point of strength and renewal. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle find New Life. Have an amazing day.